Welcome to the Different Skill Notebook. My name is Anna Anselma and I am your host. I am also the co-founder and director of the Social Mind Center where we equip families with social emotional learning and social competency skills. Um, I am available for a consult. You can reach me on the home page of the Social Mind Center. Um, which is www.socialmindcenter.com and I can assist you with developing a plan uh, to increase your child's social communication or social competency skills. We have been talking on the podcast about developing the language for social competency and, and social communication skills. So today we're going to continue on that theme and we're going to talk about the social emotional language for self-advocacy. And what is self-advocacy? Well, for starts, social advocacy is a critical component of independence and self-sufficiency, which is something we want for all our children. So self-advocacy is when to speak and how to communicate your needs and make the decisions to support those needs. So in seeking to make our children independent, these are social emotion, this is social emotional learning that encompasses the skills that lead to thinking independently and communicating for social advocacy. So when you think of social advocacy, I think of choices and the freedom and the independence to exercise those choices. And we all want our children to have choices in life. And we don't want their choices to be limited because they have unmet needs. The focus that I have on self-advocacy and so many of the language, language focuses that I have are truly based on survival skills and life skills. So much of what we teach on this podcast um, is aside from academics. I think academics are an important component of giving our children a successful skill set, but they don't encompass the bulk of what our children really need when you think of survival. So, and my focus with survival, I think is rooted in, in my father's upbringing and his perspective was clearly different. As a Cuban refugee, survival was more ever present in his mind since he had left his country and everything he knew behind, um, except for his knowledge and his family with which he brought with him thankfully so one of the things that he brought to the forefront was if I wasn't here what would my daughter do would she know what to do and that's a question that you need to ask yourself for your child if I'm not here to help my child can they help themselves do they have the support network, um, the ability to seek support and information to help themselves? I think my father's exile presented him with thoughts about survival that maybe he never even considered now being in a different country in a different culture with a different language. And one of the things that I think he really examined was were, what were my needs, not his needs, because he was a male in his 50s. My father had me in his 50s. So always the perspective of a male is going to be different than a perspective of a female. And he really narrowed in on my needs. And one of my needs was I am a female. So the, the way I experience the world is going to be very different as a female. I, was, I am brown because I'm Hispanic. 
my family was a refugee family and we lived in poverty. So those were things that he always brought to the table, not as a downer, but as a reality. It's it's not right to build an environment for your children that isn't real because reality will present itself to them because they won't always be with you. So my dad talked to me about boundaries as a female, assertiveness, posture, the knowledge that I needed to gather, to acquire, and to pursue in order to be able to successfully navigate as the world as a female, communication skills, and fostering two languages. Sometimes I feel in all my dealings with families and parents and parent training at the Social Mind Center, I see that sometimes we parents teach their kids through the lens of how they want the world to be, not how the world is. And that leaves you very short-sighted in preparing them with the skills and developing their awareness so that they can learn to navigate a world that can be very scary sometimes. Uh, for for women, for example, it's it's plagued with predators. I mean, we can pretend that we want our children never to be um, pursued by a predator, but how realistic is that? So sometimes we have to adjust our lens and look at the skills that we need to teach our children from those of their needs and also from the reality of how the world really operates. Um, for, my, for me, my father emphasized I'm Hispanic, I'm a refugee's child, and I'm a female. For my children, I have a daughter and a son, and I think the skills that I've equipped them both with are very differently. I can tell you honestly that my son has never had to deal with a lot of the repercussions that my daughter has had to deal with or the experiences that she's had because she's a female. and nor are their strengths and weaknesses the same. Even though they're both on the spectrum, they have a different way of experiencing the world. So identifying your child's um, needs are very critical and identifying their strengths and weaknesses are very critical as well. So I would say the smartest thing you can do is develop a learning profile for your child and from that learning profile, you can identify their strengths and weaknesses, and then you can start to tackle the checklist of what are survival skills and what, how do I get my child to understand their own needs? And I think it's easiest to start with um, the physical because the physical is so concrete when our children are younger, we can talk about their bodies, their mind, their heart, and their habits. And we can discuss, um, because it's things they can see for the most part. If they can't see their brain, they can. you can certainly teach them how their brain affects their behavior or how their brain can affect, their thoughts can affect how they feel. Um, and teaching them how to care for themselves and how to establish healthy habits and how to establish healthy, safe spaces where they can spend the majority of their time, especially if they have great needs and outside of their home or outside of their healthy, safe space is a hostile world, right? 
Aside from the physical needs, we want our children to know that there are people they can trust and support that they can obtain from other people. So other people can help you. They may not always help you, but there are plenty of people that will help you. And help your child identify who are those people that can help you? Who are the people that can help you when I, as your parent, won't be here or just isn't available at the time? So I think that's a very important aspect of developing self-advocacy for a child. Where can I get help from another person other than my mother, right? And then the biggest part of self-advocacy and teaching language, which I'm just introducing you to the different checklists of uh, categories that need to be addressed. And this is the big one. It's uh, planning to teach and learn social emotional skills, right? And what and what is social emotional competency? You know, and social 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 competency is the social, emotional, and cognitive skills and behaviors that children need for successful adaptation across environments. And we certainly want our children to be able to adapt in a school, to adapt in their community, in their church, um, in their Um, temple in their mosque we want them to be able to embrace where they live and be able to navigate their surroundings independently and for that they need social emotional skills academic skills don't really they are a small piece of that puzzle they are not the majority of the puzzle and I say that because so much effort and resources are being invested by families in the academic realm and so little is being invested in the social emotional learning piece and when you factor those two things you realize that it's a social emotional learning instruction that really gives your children the tools and the resources to be independent to self-manage to obtain a job to be able to manage their money to build healthy relationships to have healthy habits and build healthy environments Those are not skills acquired at school. We acquire a lot of knowledge in academics, but the social emotional piece is what what gives you the tools to communicate that knowledge and to use that knowledge. So when I when I say social emotional learning, I'm going to give you some a few of those before I close. So I am talking about social social language, which is the words that we use. Um, for different situations and to obtain the things that we need. So communication is a huge part of that, right? Perspective, our ability to understand that people have thoughts and sometimes their thoughts are different than ours and we need to respect that and we need to be able to share our thoughts and to distinguish them from other people. Organized thinking, which is goal-driven behavior, how to set goals and accomplish those goals. Critical thinking, where we analyze, interpret, and infer information, a huge component of reading comprehension. And reading comprehension is a huge way that we get to acquire knowledge, right? Um, Decision making, which is the process of making choices, right? So I've kind of gone over a lot of information over self-advocacy, what it is, and what are the different um, categories of language that we need to build to help our children seek the help they need and address their needs, right? So 
in the next few episodes, we I think my next episode is going to be on safety and how do we teach our children self-advocacy for safety and to establish healthy boundaries, healthy relationships, and healthy communication skills to protect themselves from people that may have ill intent against them. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to our next episode on safety. If you need additional information and would like notes and the checklist for this episode on the the different categories for self-advocacy language, they can be found on the podcast and they can also be found on our website and the articles called My Power because our giving our children this self-advocacy language is the giving them the power and their voice to address their needs. So there could be nothing more important. Thank you for listening and I look forward to our next episode. <laughs>